they both rose at five in the morning and moved about softly so as not to disturb me the first thing in the day my uncle drew water from the well for the family and then watered the plants in the garden i woke to the sound of the pulley creaking over the well and joined my uncle in the garden in the morning light he looked like a magician one asked for nothing more in life than to be up at that hour and watch brilliant eddying columns of water coming through little channels dug along the ground the hydraulic engineering for the garden was my uncle's own he had raised the ground beside the well to form a basin and when he tipped a cauldron of water over it the column ran down the slope and passed through to the plants according to his dictates he controlled the supply of water at various stages with a little trowel in hand with which he scooped up the mud and opened or blocked the water course i floated little bits of straw or leaves or picked up ants and helped them have a free swim along the current sometimes without my uncle's knowledge i scooped off the mud bank with my hands and diverted the water elsewhere i reveled in this world of mud greens slush and water forgetting for the moment such things as homework and teachers when the sun came over the walls of the house behind our garden my uncle ended his operations poured a great quantity of water over himself and went in dripping in search of a towel when i tried to follow him in my aunt brought out a bucket of hot water and gave me a bath beside the well soon i found myself in the puja room murmuring prayers a perpetual smell of incense and flowers hung about the puja room which was actually an alcove in the kitchen where pictures of gods hung on the walls i loved the pictures the great god krishna poised on the hood of a giant serpent vishnu blue colored seated on the back of garuda the divine eagle gliding in space and watching us as i watched the pictures my mind went off into the fantastic speculations while my tongue recited holy verses was the eagle a sort of aeroplane for vishnu lakshmi stands on a lotus how can anyone stand on a lotus flower without crushing it from the fireplace would come my aunt's voice i don't hear you pray i would suppress my speculations and recite aloud addressing the elephant faced god gajanam bhutaganadi sevitam for 3 minutes in sanskrit i always wanted to ask for its meaning but if i paused my aunt would shout over the hissing of the frying pan which incidentally was generating an enormous appetizing fragrance why have you stopped now i would turn to the picture of saraswati the goddess of learning as she sat on a rock with her peacock beside a cool shrubbery and wonder at her ability to play the veena with one hand while turning the rosary with the other still leaving 
two hands free. Perhaps to pat the peacock, I would raise my voice and say Saraswati Namastubhyam, which meant, O Goddess of Learning, I bow to you or some such thing. I secretly added a personal request to this prayer. May you help me get through my school hours without being mauled by my teachers or other boys. May I get through this day unscathed. Although my normal day at school was peaceful, I always approached it at the beginning of each day with dread. My teacher was unshaved and looked villainous. He frequently inhaled a pinch of snuff in the class and spoke in a grating voice, the snuff having ravaged his vocal cords, and he flourished a short stubby cane menacingly at the whole class every now and then. I had never seen him attack anyone but his gestures were frightening and I sat on my bench shuddering lest he should turn in my direction and notice me. My life was precisely organized by my uncle and I had little time to waste. When I emerged from the puja I had to go straight to the kitchen and drink off a glass of milk. This would be an occasion for my aunt to comment on my dress or voice. She would suddenly bring her face close to mine and examine my eyes. What are you looking for? I would ask, rearing my head. But she held it firmly between her palms and inspected until she was satisfied that there was no patch of dirt or swelling under my eyes. Oh, I was mistaken, nothing, she would say with relief. Anyway, you have grown darker. You must not roast yourself in the sun so much. Why should they make you do all that drill in the sun? Next, I passed into the jurisdiction of my uncle, who sat leaning against a pillar with the hall with eyes shut in meditation. He said, emerging from his trance, Boy, gather all your lessons for the day and put them in your bag. Have you sharpened your pencil, cleaned your slate? Do you need anything? In spite of my firm statement that I needed nothing, he came over, seized my school bag, peered into it and probed its bottom with his fingers. It was surprising how lightly he could abandon his prayers, but he was perhaps an adept who could resume them as well, as his day was mostly divided between munching and meditation. He held up to the light a slate pencil in order to judge whether it could be used for just another day. He would sharpen its point on the stone floor, commenting, You must hold it here and write, and don't bite the end. This can be used for a week more. It was painful to write with such a short stub. My thumb and forefinger became sore and further if my teacher noticed. It he twisted my ear and snatched away the stub and made me stand on the bench as a punishment. I could not mention these problems explicitly as I feared that my uncle might don his shirt and offer to visit my school in order to investigate. I had a secret anxiety lest he should ever appear in our school as I thought that the boys might stand around and make fun of his girth. And so I had to manage with the stub as ordained. When he felt satisfied that I had used the pencil wisely, he would open his wooden cupboard, take out a lacquered casket, 
with a dragon on its lid and out of it a small cardboard box and again from it a little package containing long slate pencils he would take out a brand new one and hesitate guessing his intention i would jump up and snatch it from his hand crying don't break it i want it full length sometimes he gave it whole sometimes he broke it into two saying half is long enough he then looked through my books page by page and packed them securely back into the bag he said from time to time little man if you don't read your lessons properly you will never count for anything in life and no one will respect you do you understand yes uncle i said though not very clear in my mind as to what respect meant thank you wait for the fourth episode bye bye